morning, friends. How are you? Good, 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 good. All right, so we are wrapping up chapter 6 this week of Sermon on the Mount. We're finishing up those great commands that Jesus gives us. So by a show of hands, how many people in here have ever worried? Whether it's about money or food or work or health or whatever. How many have worried? Yep, yep, okay. So most everybody's raising their hands, okay? So I should have a very captive audience today. Looking forward to that. All right, so let's really jump into this uh, scripture. Let's start reading from Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 34. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink. Sorry, getting click happy already. I need started. Or about your body, what you will wear. Is not food, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grasses of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things. And indeed, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. All right, so this chapter, this last portion of the chapter brings us to um, a continued state of simplicity. I'm going to get this right. There we go. Technology is always my spiritual warfare. So first we started with discipline, okay? Living a life that focuses on the practice of righteousness to be righteous. That is our only pure intent. And then last week Tom talked about money. Less is more. You, you keep things simple. You focus on God. You cannot serve both God and money. Not surprisingly, as Tom pointed out last week, the more things we have, the more we feel we have to lose. On the flip side of that, the less you have, the more anxiety you have because it changes your mindset from a want more mindset to a, but will I have enough? So it's not surprising that Jesus would turn, after talking about money, to talking about anxiety. Simply put, anxiety and possession about possessions, things, and stuff isn't warranted in any way through Jesus' teaching. But in Jesus' fashion, he takes us to a deeper level. He takes a slight change from possession and money and things to needs. Our food that we need to nourish our bodies, our health, our bodies, what we wear. I want to address just a couple of things before I really get into the meat of this scripture, though, because it's a tough one to preach. It's a really tough one to preach to those who are poor. How do you say to a homeless man, don't worry about food, don't worry about clothing, don't worry about your life, when that's the reality they live in? The poor don't know where their next meal is going to come from or how they're going to clothe themselves or how they're going to take care of themselves or where the next shower is going to happen. So I think while this is a command, 
it can also be interpreted from Jesus as something that's comforting. He's saying, you don't have to worry. It's not don't worry, it's you don't have to. But then on the flip side, for those who are in the wealthy economic, uh, social economic status, this can also be tough to preach. Because sometimes there is this mindset that wealth is a blessing. It's a side effect of faithfulness. But I'm not going to confirm that, not fully. Because that means we're only seeking righteousness because we want all the good stuff that comes along with it, all those blessings of wealth and not having to worry. But that's not what Jesus taught us a couple weeks ago when he said you only seek righteousness for righteousness. You see, goods are not goals for disciples. Our goal as disciples is to grow closer to Jesus. And I want to turn to some statistics. Now, when I say that God took this to a place that I wasn't expecting, I really mean he took me to a place I wasn't expecting to go. (laughs) So bear with me. So this is a chart that shows all of the waste in America from the years 1960 up to 2017. So in 2017, 140 million tons of waste went to the landfill. Here's a fun fact. That's not really fun. America makes up 30% of the waste in the world, but only 4% of the population of the world. So we waste a lot. And of all that waste, the majority is food. 30 million tons of food makes up that 140 million tons of waste. 30 to 40% of all America's produce and food goes into the landfill. That hurts, doesn't it? There was a study done at John Hopkins that that discovered if we could take all that food, if we could recover all that food that's wasted, we could feed 84% of the adults in America. A 2,000 calorie diet. And most of the food that's thrown out is the produce, the meat, where we get our nutrients. That's kind of needed right now with all that's going on, isn't it? So coming in at this scripture with these facts in mind, which were heavenly convicting for me, it changed it quite a bit. Jesus is telling us not to worry about the physical needs of life, not to worry about the necessities. But looking at these things kind of makes you feel like we don't. And I would venture to say that that's not what Jesus means. It's almost like we've taken worry to the extreme opposite of carelessness. And here's just an example that Chris and I were talking about last night. It's, you know, we make our meal plan, we've got our menu, we go to the grocery store, we buy it. And then life happens and we get super crazy and I don't want to cook. And he's like, I don't want to cook. So we go out to eat. We go through the drive-thru. A couple days later, we're like, what do we got in the fridge? Oh, here's some chicken, here's some broccoli. And you open it up. We should have cooked that three days ago. And so we throw it out. And that's sort of easy. I mean, yeah, it stinks because we wasted the money and we wasted the food. But we can just go to the grocery store and buy more. The flip side of that worry is into that carelessness that we've so adapted to here in America. And then let's take a look at this. So according to experience debt study, (laughs) the total consumer debt in the U.S. is $1.4 trillion. Average American's personal debt is $90,000, but the average income is $63,000. We're sort of living beyond our means. 
And most of this debt is through credit cards and retail. And Jesus is saying, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about what you wear. But it seems by these things we are. What are we trying to add to our life? What are we trying to wear that would cost so much money? Are we, are we living into the world standards of consumerism? Or are we living into Jesus' standard of simplicity? As disciples, we shouldn't be trying to live elaborately or bountifully, but humbly and simply. Now let's visit uh, verse 25, the very first verse. It says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body or what you will wear. Notice Jesus doesn't say, do not worry about others' life, what others will eat, what others will drink, other bodies, what others will wear. You see, when we, we can take that ability to stop thinking about ourselves so much and stop worrying about ourselves because we believe that God's got us, he's got this, we can take those blinders off. And we can start living into the truth that we are here to help the poor, the sick, the least, the homeless. Think about this. What if you, what if you are the way that God takes care of of someone else's needs. You know how God takes care of the poor, the homeless, the sick, the least? Through us. Have you ever cleaned out your pantries and had extra food or your closet and had extra clothes or had some extra cash come in and the next thing you know you're hearing that somebody needs something? Those are awesome God moments. He's taking care of his people through us. And then whenever we think about our lives, you know, we try to fill them with with to-dos and appointments and stuff to try to feel achieved and successful. But have you ever slowed down and talked to somebody and realized that after they's like, you really helped me, thank you so much, that you kind of realized, I needed that too. I needed the perspective that maybe all this stuff I'm trying to add to my day aren't things that I need to worry about. They're not important things. So I know I've thrown a lot of heavy stuff at you, this was pretty heavy to have thrown at me, too. <laughs> like, God, are you sure you want me to go here? But he did, and so here we are. And so I want to give you some time, because we all have worries. We all have stuff going on right now in our lives. And so you'll find there some index cards and some pencils or pens. If you're comfortable, use them. If not, I know we're being very safe here, at least use your phone or something to write down your worries. There is just something about writing it down that makes us a little more accountable to them. And then I want you to turn it over to God. Submit it over to God. Let him take it from you. There's baskets up here if you're comfortable and you want to come up and really make the effort, you can drop it in the basket. But just take this time to reflect. And then ask the question, am I fully trusting God with my life? Am I fully trusting God with my life? Let's take a few moments. Fade. 
fear awaits within the future. My dreams are small compared to yours. Why should I worry about tomorrow when all that I can do is trust you, Lord? Every little thing is gonna be alright. Every little thing is gonna be just fine. Whether I can see it now, I know that you will work it out for good. Every little thing, everything will be just fine. Whether I can see it now, I know that you will work it out for good. Every little thing, everything will be alright. Right, so I hope that practice was a good one. I think this is something we need to do every day. I think we need to start our day going, okay, God, what's on my mind? What am, what am I worried about? You know, what's my to-do list? What are things I've got just jambled up in my brain? And then before we go to bed, I don't know about you all, but sometimes I lie awake at night just thinking about stuff that's probably never going to happen, but I'm just living in it, just worrying about it, and then I can't fall asleep. Those are good times to say, okay, God, I'm giving it over to you. Write them down. Let them go. Am I fully trusting God with my life? All right, so um, because we all worry, because this is all something that we need to admit we do, some of us worry way more than others, I don't think Jesus would have given this if this was an unrealistic goal. He really wants us to try to do this. And I want to dig in a little bit more to the simplicity of this goal. Americans lack more. We lack stuff. We lack things. We lack titles and degrees and more, 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 more. It's really more is our motto. But Jesus really implies over and over and over again that more will take you away from God. The more we have of the world, the less room we have for Jesus. The more we have of the world, the less we have of Jesus. Now let's visit verse 33. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. All these things will be given to you as well. When you seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, he's going to take care of your spiritual needs. They come first, always, as Christians 
Those come first. God comes first. Then the byproduct, the bonus of that is that your physical needs are going to be met. God's going to take care of you. And everything else, everything else, you got to check. God, is this approved or is this not approved? Just last night, uh, our neighbors across the way had a big birthday party, and they had an inflatable, and we made the mistake of showing it to Summit. Oh, they're having a birthday party over there. She's like, I want to go jump. I want to go. Oh, yeah, that was a mistake. And we immediately looked at each other like, oh, no, are we going to have to have an inflatable for her birthday? Do we need to do this so that she knows that we love her? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's immediate, this parent thing. We've got to make sure our kids know that we love them. And there's a comparison in the world, you know? It's like, oh, all this cool stuff. That's something we got to go, God, do you want us to do this or do you not want us to do it? And God cares about that stuff. He cares about all that little stuff that we add to our life, that we add that worry in. A few years ago, I embarked on a journey of seven. If you all have heard of Jen Hatmaker, she's an amazing author and co-pastor with her husband in Austin, Texas. And she wrote this book about looking at the excess stuff in your life. And so over the period of seven months, you dive in to really overcome prosperity. And so the first month is food. You only eat seven foods, seven foods. The next month is clothing. You only wear seven articles of clothing. Then the next month is possessions. You give away seven things a day. That's 210 items. You'd be surprised how easy it really is. The media, you shut down all the noise. What are the things that really matter that you need to feed yourself with? Waste, you pick up seven habits that help you be greener. And then spending, you only spend money in seven different places. And the last one is stress. You take seven moments to pause and pray. As I was going through that, presence was really the word Really, the practice that came to me was presence. And as I was visiting this scripture, that's, that, that whole journey kind of come forward. And I realized that in the midst of all this, Jesus is trying to get us to be present. And if we think about our life this year, we've really had some simplicity hit us. We've lost those to-dos and appointments because we haven't been able to do anything. So we've gotten down to the basics of, okay, what are we cooking for dinner? Because we're not going to go out to eat because life's really scary right now. So we're going to stay in here. We're going to get a lot more groceries. So we've been really simplifying our lives a little bit. And when we look at this verse, verse 34, that says, so do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. Presence. And celebrate recovery, an essential principle is one day at a time. One day at a time. And I say that every single day to center myself. Most of the times I say it a lot in one day. And the reason is when we allow ourselves to be present, even if in that presence there is hurt, there is fear, there is pain, we can accept it. We can allow ourselves to be in it. And when we do that, what usually happens is we realize that we can be with the great I am. We can hear God's voice again. We can feel his presence again. We can become aware of what we can control and what we can't control. And we'll discover peace. And best of all, we remember 
whose we are. Now, this past week, I had the honor of joining in with Mission Base Camp. It was so much incredible fun. And we really dove into the gospel. We dove into the truth of the kingdom. The, into the truth that as Christians, we live into the truth that we are dearly loved by the King of Kings. And we literally ran in this sanctuary. Literally, we ran. Because we were overjoyed with the truth that Jesus called our name and we ran out of the grave. We are no longer dead, but alive because of God's great love for us. And I realized that there was a lot of doom and gloom in the reality and the facts that I shared with you. But I want us to realize that we're making life really more difficult than it needs to be. We are living for selflessness, my word's coming back, not righteousness. Jesus told us not to worry about the necessities of life, health, food, drink, clothing. Because once we've got those spiritual needs met, those are really the things we need to worry about. But he's saying, guess what? You don't even have to worry about that because I've got you. God's got this, y'all. God's got this. Do we live our lives every day in that great truth? Do we live our lives with the faith that the King of Kings knows our names, that he created us? And because he created us, he loves us more than any other creation. And that he knows our needs and he will meet those needs. Why not worry? Jesus. Jesus. Plain and simple, yet royal and beautiful. Let's pray. God, I just thank you so much that you, you love us. You love us enough to get in the weeds with us, to understand that we're going to worry, but still stick it out with us so that whenever we finally come to, we can realize we don't have to. We don't have to because of your great love, because you have shared your great freedom with us, and we can experience that freedom. We can experience that freedom that if we really devote our lives to you, if we seek you first, then you are going to take care of us. Lord, we're hungry, and what we're hungry for is more Jesus. Lord, help us to keep that our number one in our lives. Help us to remember as we leave this place that as long as we have you, we don't need anything else. And what we do need, you're going to take care of. Lord, I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' holy name. Amen.